In this article, we will discover why and how manual therapy for diaphragm might just be a new tool to add to your treatment. Welcome to the Insider Physio Podcast by The PhysioZest. We get to you discussions with superhumans, super physios and other healthcare practitioners. The structure, function and location of the diaphragm is a wonder in itself. However, can we treat this involuntary muscle with our bare hands? The answer is a big yes. If this has you raising your brows, then we are on the right track. Let's see if we can answer the questions popping in your head right now. The first question might be, why manual therapy? Although the diaphragm is an involuntary muscle, as the respiratory centers in the brain control its action, it is a skeletal muscle nonetheless. Therefore, it is subjected to tightness, inflammation, spasms and reduced firing and therefore functions just like any other skeletal muscle. Manual therapy for diaphragm targets all the above mentioned aspects and delivers holistic results in its overall function. But how do I know if manual therapy is indicated? Well, there is limited research on the methods of evaluation of diaphragm. Impaired firing and shortening of the diaphragm can be palpated by placing palms and fingers on the lateral coastal margins and the thumb on the xiphoid process. The tension in the fascia and muscle tissue and the trigger points can be palpated with the hands just like it is palpated on any other skeletal muscle. There are limited studies carried out on evaluation of the diaphragm. However, these norms have been accepted for the studies that have used manual therapy for diaphragm as an intervention in various conditions and has shown strong results. Another important question that we'd like to address is how to give manual therapy for diaphragm. Manual therapy includes a variety of hands-on skills right from massage to deep tissue release. A combination of these techniques can be used to administer manual therapy for diaphragm as well. Let's discuss a few of the techniques that have shown results. The first technique is the lift diaphragm technique, which has the purpose of generating the stretching of the peripheral fibers of the diaphragm. It's performed with the patient in supine and a therapist standing above the patient's head. Here, the patient has to adapt a slightly amplified breathing. During inspiration, the therapist would have to exert a cephalic traction which they would have to maintain without any increment. Then the patient has to be asked for an exhale apnea and a contraction of their belly. At the end of the apnea, the patient gently relaxes the coastal arch. This technique is performed twice on each side. The second technique is a relaxation of the diaphragm, which aims to promote the rhythmic stretching of the double pairs of the diaphragm. It is performed with the patient in prone with the therapist standing beside them and placing the ulna border of the cephalic hand in relation to the transverse ones and their caudal hand flattened in front of the popliteal fossa. Respecting the patient's breathing rhythm, the therapist would then make a divergent support by dropping the weight of their body on the two hands. The hands would move away without slipping during exhalation and the therapist will then relax that pressure during inhalation. This technique is performed for one minute on each side. The third method is the manual diaphragm release technique. Here, 
the patient has to lay supine with the therapist at the head of the plinth. They would then make contact with the patient using their pisiform, hypothena region and the last three fingers bilaterally to the underside of the patient's 7th to 10th rib coastal cartilages. During inspiration, the therapist has to gently pull the points of contact with both hands in the direction of the head and slightly laterally accompanying the elevation of the ribs. And during exhalation, they have to deepen the contact towards the inner costal margin, maintaining resistance. In the subsequent respiratory cycles, the therapist has to progressively increase the depth of contact inside the costal margin. This technique is performed in two sets of 10 deep breaths with one minute interval between them. The last technique that we will talk about is the diaphragmatic stretch technique. Here, the patient has to sit erect for the intervention. The therapist would have to stand behind the subject and pass their hands around the thoracic cage, introducing their fingers in the subcostal margins. As the patient exhales, the therapist has to ease their hands cordially and grasp the lower ribs at the subcostal margin. This firm but gentle traction has to be maintained as the patient inhales again. Now let's move on to the effectiveness of manual therapy in various conditions. The first being chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD and asthma. The most obvious application of a diaphragmatic management technique is its use in the most common respiratory conditions. The manual diaphragm release technique has shown improvement in diaphragmatic mobility, exercise capacity and inspiratory capacity in COPD patients. Studies have shown improvement in chest exertion using diaphragmatic stretch technique along with manual diaphragm release technique. Preliminary data obtained from studies in COPD patients have also shown promising results in autonomic control directly affecting the heart rate. There is some evidence on reduction in mean resting heart rate and heart rate variability as well immediately after the treatment. Diaphragm release has also shown significant improvement in FEV1 and FVC and diaphragmatic mobility in patients with childhood asthma when compared to conventional respiratory training. Although many individual studies have shown very promising results for using manual therapy in COPD patients, the number of studies is still insufficient when all the available data is considered in a systematic review. High-quality studies are needed to thoroughly evaluate the effect of manual therapy on COPD and other respiratory conditions. Second condition that we will talk about is cerebral palsy. The respiratory system of children with cerebral palsy is known to be an area of attention. CP children have reduced spirometry parameters, impaired postural control and lack of trunk stabilization that progresses to muscular atrophy of respiratory muscles along with other muscles. They may also develop scoliosis and have restricted chest mobility. Thus, manual therapy for diaphragm has been tried and tested in CP patients and has shown significant results on FVC and FAV1. The evidence from other studies on manual therapy suggests that it would be a useful tool in improving chest mobility as well. The third condition is neurological. In patients with phrenic nerve injuries and in patients with stroke and traumatic brain injuries, techniques that promote firing up of the diaphragm can be used. Although the literature is scarce, 
for manual therapy in neurological conditions, the existing evidence makes it imperative to explore this avenue. Next, let's discuss the musculoskeletal system. Diaphragm being a centrally located muscle and its attachments to the sternum, ribs and lumbar spine make it an important part of the kinetic chain. There is some evidence of improvement in measurable parameters in the spine and muscles of the hip and back along with the muscles around the ribs after the inclusion of manual therapy in the management program. Manual therapy of diaphragm has shown results in the neck and back pain and is now being tested in conditions of shoulder and postural muscles of the body. Clinicians have claimed its effectiveness in the musculoskeletal system and have included the manual release of diaphragm in practice. However, a scientific approach to find firmer evidence in the clinical implications and neurophysiological mechanisms of this technique can open huge doors in the field of holistic rehabilitation. With this, we have sensitized our readers and scientific minds to the new phase of manual therapy and the integration of the body systems to reach the pinnacle of evidence-based and evidence-generating rehabilitation. We now have another mission at hand, a new dimension to think about and a new direction to discover and evolve. That's all from our side. Connect with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. The Physiosest e-magazine launches bi-monthly. Catch our latest edition at www.thephysiozest.com. The Physiozest, signing off. Evolving you, one page at a time.